Welcome back to the All Ball Podcast. Uh, like I said last week, you know, today we're going to do uh, a lot of NBA because it's Pro Bowl week and um, no Pro Bowl. <laughs> yeah, well, virtual, virtual. If you're into that, so um, so you know, we're going to catch on NBA stuff. But before we do, we will give some you know quick reactions to what we saw on Sunday. Uh, Justin, you start. What'd you think? Okay, we'll start off with the Tampa Green Bay game. I think <laughs> as weird as it sounds, let's go all the way to the last two minutes of the game because I think that's where shit got hairy, where yep. we have the Packers inside the 10 yard line of the of the Bucks down by five, uh down by eight at this point, and it's fourth down, and Matt LaFleur decides to send out the kicking unit instead of letting Rogers go for this. There's about two minutes left. I, I don't it, it was the yeah, it was probably the bonehead call of the day. I mean, I don't know how you take it out of the MVP's hands, your franchise quarterback, this Hall of Fame caliber quarterback, and give it to Tom Brady. <laughs> For Tom Brady not to score, to, to get, get a first, first down. Yeah, to get yeah, a first I thought, down. I thought they kind of got what they deserved when they didn't touch the ball for the rest of the game. Um, so they, Play you know, to they, win. Just play yeah. to fucking win. You well, have the best quarterback in on – in the conference, probably probably this season. Well, I would argue. I would actually argue that that is playing to win. I would argue that is playing to win in, in in a lot of ways because because the best that you could have done on that fourth down was get the touchdown on fourth down, then go for the two just to go to OT. So this was like a, a angle to win in regulation. Um, I could see I'm that, but defend the decision. I'm not look. I'm not yeah. defending the decision, but like I'm not gonna sit here and be like, dude. I in like in no universe do I understand it. Yeah, I get why he called it. I, it's not for me. It's not the call I would have made. But um, you know, I, well, it is what it is. Bad decision. I um, it's tough for the Packers to go out like that two years in a row. And different but equally painful losses in the, in the NFC Championship game. It, I will say that it, this game felt like it came down to two plays where one coach decided to trust his Hall of Fame quarterback with Bruce Arians trusting Tom Brady on that fourth and six right before half for him to get the first down and then he converted it. And then the next play hit Scotty Miller for a long ass touchdown. And then this one, the other, the, co the other coach went conservative and didn't trust his hall of fame quarterback. And it went and bit him in the ass because you, you just can't give these guys, you can't give the other side the ball and hope to stop them. Their defense had stepped up in the second half. I know that they held them to three points, I believe, in the whole second half. It stepped up, but it, it, at some point, Brady's getting first downs. I mean, there's a difference between keeping him from scoring and then keeping him from getting a first down with the weapons he with, with the weapons he has on his offense. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, like I said, you know, it wasn't for me. I did not think it was the greatest decision of all time, but um, you know, there you have it. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and then for the Kansas City Buffalo game, I mean, it was just Buffalo just didn't do anything that you need to do when you go into Kansas City and beat them. I mean, they lost the turnover battle. Diggs wasn't the best receiver on the team. They settled for field goals instead of touchdowns, and you let Kansas City go on. Honestly, probably the quietest 38 to 6 scoring run I've ever seen. I mean, well, I looked up at the score. KC. Yeah, it was 9 no, nothing, like and you look up and it's 38 to 15. I mean, it yeah, just the Bills weren't ready. Like the Bills, um, like in hindsight, in hindsight, man, the Bills just weren't ready. Like you know, it's not often that these teams come straight out of nowhere to win the Super Bowl. Even the Chiefs lost in the conference championship game, you know, two years ago. Um, so, so yeah, you know, I, um, I, I think just like. You know, people maybe talk themselves into the Bills a bit much. Well, it's like Mahomes was like 85, 90% mm -hmm. at worst. So, you know, yeah, he's able to do with that. even with the traditional KC, like go down 10 points early because they had the botched punt and all that, but it doesn't even matter. Yeah, no, it felt like uh, he looked he looked really good, except for on like the, some of the runs, he looked slower. But you know what? If he's making all the passes, on a couple of those runs, he looked quick, but not like fast. But he's still hitting every throw. It didn't look like I, I saw Dan Orlovsky tweeting this out, and Mahomes is coming off playing like thirty snaps in the last month of football, and he comes in AFC Championship game against a very good, de a, a good to very good defense, and throws twenty nine for thirty eight for three hundred twenty five yards and three touchdowns. Dude, Ro <laughs> Romo pointed it out during the broadcast, but it, but he was like, I think he like counted it up on air, and he's like, dude, like Kelsey's had eight catches in a hundred yards in like nine straight games. Like he mm -hmm. does it every single game. The guy's yeah. amazing. 
Yeah, no, the whole offense. And I saw this tweet today or yesterday. Mahomes is 23 and five when the Chiefs score first and 21 and four when they don't. Dude, that's that is crazy. The NFL average since 2018 are six or 60% and 39%. He is at 82 and 84%. Like, that's insane. Like, honestly, you know, those percentages are misleading because like bad teams tend to get scored on first, but it will be interesting to compare that to like a Tom Brady or Rodgers. I don't know. uh, Well, I don't know, but here's what I'll say. The Jets, I remember when I was watching, well, I think it was the Rams game. They mentioned that they score first all the time when the Not Jets really. beat the Rams. Yeah, I don't. I mean, that's just one bad team, but, you know, it balances, I guess. Yeah, the Buffalo team, this Buffalo team can't really look at the season as or look at the loss really that harshly. I mean, they just ran into a buzzsaw. That's the Chiefs, and they're ascending. We wouldn't be surprised if Buffalo made it, or I wouldn't be surprised if Buffalo made it to the AFC Championship game next year. And now they know that they have their quarterback, their offensive coordinators coming back. They have their wide receiver one. They they aren't they aren't losing really anybody. Yeah, I mean, kind of Jalen kind of showed like why he's not. In the in the elite QBs yet? Yeah, no, he didn't take what the what the defense gave him. I, I thought he tried way too hard to make big plays out of just every play, and it was uh, really indicative on that uh, the throw he tried to force up the right sideline and Chardavius Ward like undercut in should have had a pick. It went like right off of his hands, but he has Cole Beasley in the flat wide open, and you look at the Chiefs on the other side. Mahomes wasn't just chucking it down the field for these big plays; he was taking what the de- defense gave him. I saw it was like four out of the six scoring drives they had went for nine or more plays. So this is a t- like they weren't hitting them the, with big plays. They were taking what the defense gave them. And I think Josh Allen needed to do that more so because the because the Chiefs weren't going to let them just throw it 20 yards to Stefan Diggs for these big gains until the fourth quarter when they were playing prevent defense. Yeah, I would agree. No, I mean, the Chiefs, like you said, like I think that's part of the reason that it felt like such a quiet run is because – there wasn't necessarily – I mean, there were a couple like Miko had the 50-yard run. Tyreek had that crazy yeah. play where he almost scored. But, you know, there wasn't there wasn't like that that 80-yard touchdown. Um, mm-hmm. That So that's why I was a bit quiet. Where, where would this rank – I'm curious where you had this Super Bowl, the Kansas City-Tampa Bay coming into last weekend. I, it was like probably my second, my second choice for like what the Super Bowl would be. I probably would have gone KC, Green Bay, if I had the choice of seeing Rodgers versus Mahomes. But I'm fine with Brady and Mahomes. Well, yo, for me, this is the matchup I wanted. I mean, nothing wrong with it. Uh, the the goat versus the ascending best player in the league, and uh, yeah. two really good teams. Yeah, bit of a bit, you know, bit of a rematch from um, the AFC Championship game a couple of years back. Uh, yeah, like a sort of like passing of the torch thing between, like you said, like goat and the potential upcoming goat, as it were. Because um, I mean, like. Dude, like Mahomes now, third year as a starter, one AFC championship game, one Super Bowl win, and now another Super Bowl appearance. Like, dude, that's a, that's a hell of a start. He should have three if it's not for D Ford. Yeah, well, and Brady would only have five, but yeah, you know, things happen. Things happen. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, dude, just an unbelievable start to what will hopefully be an unbelievable career. It already is, but, you know, we'll hopefully continue to be. I know rip to uh, the AFC teams to have to deal with this for 15 to 20 years. We don't have to deal with that. <laughs> okay. Uh, now we'll kick it off to NBA. We made uh, some predictions in the beginning of December for the kick for the tip off of the NBA season. Um, going to look back at those and kind of see where we are with, uh, yeah, it's been about two months since the, since those predictions. Um, so first we'll go through, we had for the East, we had locks of the Bucks, Raptors, Celtics, Nets, Sixers, and Heat. Um, so do we want to go through there? Should I say out all the West or should we do East then West? What do you think? Indifferent. Okay. We'll just go with the East then right now. Like I'm looking at the teams that we had in those locks and for the most, like we have four of the six that were, that are on pace. We have the Sixers, Celtics, Bucks, Nets, all in the top five for, the east right now meanwhile the raptors and heat are in the 10th and 13th place in the in the the conference at the moment and when i was looking at these teams it it really came down to the raptors are just bad or just a little bit worse than everything they were last year and they've missed they're missing out on gasol and Ibaka. siakam still hasn't found his form from the beginning of last year they're 
offensive efficiency is down from 17 to 14. Their defensive efficiency down from seven to two. They're eighth in true. Uh, they are eighth in true shooting and effective field goal percentage last year. They are 18th and 17th in that this year. And then transition efficiency, they went from third last year to 23rd. So it's everything's just taking a step back. And when I look at this team, it's like, I don't know if they have the firepower now. I'm kind of disappointed. I, I don't know why I didn't see this sooner that missing these veterans like Ibaka, like Gasol, weren't going to be bigger moves because they had been a staple on this team for a few years, especially in that title run. Yeah. Um, I mean, like the Raptors were sort of, it's kind of like a losing game once they lost Kawhi to keep everybody together. But, you know, it kind of goes into that, like, like, do you think you have to tank if you're not going to win the title? I mean, you really don't, but um, I think they kind of know that, that like, bit of a dead end really yeah yeah because i don't know if they had they don't have that star siakam still siakam is not that guy oh yeah he's he's a fine player but he's not that guy yeah i mean he's averaging 13 points a game or no 18 18 i was like his career average 18 and a half but that's still not a number one guy and and i don't know who your number two or three is i mean chris boucher's been nice kyle lowry's on the backside of his career I mean, you have these nice pieces, but you don't have that star to really tie it all together. I mean, it would be perfect if they had Kawhi. I mean, it, I mean, a lot of teams would say that, but they just need they need that alpha on this team. And I mean, I I, I think took it for granted because Nick Nurse is such a good coach, and he I, I thought it would lift them up. I mean, there's still time; they're still only in tenth. They I think would be in line for the play-in tournament at this point. But I mean, they still got it. Just hasn't been that impressive outside of a few few pieces like Chris Boucher who's looked very promising and improved a lot as for the heat they are uh, I related to the San Francisco 49ers in the sense that this is a team that's on a season to hell a season from hell they've been ravaged with COVID stuff players being in and out of the lineup Jimmy Butler has been playing since the beginning of January they are now 13th in the conference six and ten overall they are just they've just taken a backseat with a bunch of stuff. They are 20, they're 23rd and 21st in offensive defensive efficiency after being ninth and 11th in it last year. They are 21st in rebound rate. They were seventh last year. That's the rate a team collects a rebound when a shot goes off. Uh, field effective field goal percentage and true shooting percentage are slightly down. It's just everything just hasn't been clicking for them. I still have more faith in them coming back, I think, than the Raptors at the moment because of the fact that they still have all those pieces. There's still there's still ways to go to see them improve. I don't know if I think the Raptors have the personnel to do so. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with that. I, I am curious to see if it like, – I mean, is it a hangover? I don't know because Tyler Hero hasn't been particularly sharp, especially from what we saw in the bubble – I don't know uh, if it's that if it's the whole thing of, you know, just. You make it to the finals, you make it to the Super Bowl and you come back and you're a little deflated, especially this quick turnaround. And that's part of the reason why I think LeBron's been so, uh, so great. And when I think about the MVP, he's probably my MVP to go this year is because of the quick turnaround that he's had in comparison to the other candidates like Nikola Jokic who had a pretty late turnaround pretty Jokic turnaround is, a bad, is a bad comp I know but like he's the it's him and Bede and LeBron I think for the top three in the MVP conversation yeah. at the moment so I I was going to get to Embiid after that but like Embiid had a lot more time to rest at compared to LeBron yeah that's true I mean it doesn't really factor into the MVP voting but it's yeah. true I mean um, it could, if you just take the narrative I mean narratives narratives yeah, carry it a bunch for sure the media does love it um <laughs> Yeah, as far as the heat, uh, yeah, I mean, like, and also with these young teams, you know, a lot of people like get the idea in their head that like every player will get progressively better every single year. It just doesn't happen like that. So like, you know, Hero might step down this year and then come back next year. You know, it happens. Like Jamal Murray, for example, guy's been terrible this year. Yeah, no, that was another. Yeah, I was, I was thinking that exact thing when I was going through, and it's just like he's been fine. But you need him to – it's the same thing when I was talking about Siakam. You need him to take the next step. You don't need Jamal Murray to be the one, complete one, like you need Siakam to be. But you need him to take another step. I mean, at least at this moment, it hasn't hamstrung the clip, the Nuggets at the moment. Um, when I looked at the – wait, no, this is not uh, – when I looked at the standings for this, I mean <laughs> – 
when you look at it, there's so many, there, everybody's so close at the moment with the East. I mean, the difference between the 12th seed and the second seed is three games is three wins <laughs> out of three and a half games. I mean, that's, that's a crazy thin margin. Uh, it's still so much to, to sort out, but there are a bunch of teams that have exceeded expectations like the Cavs, like the Knicks. And then there are teams that have, you know, are a little underwhelming and it'll be interesting to see how they kind of shake out over the next couple of months as we get closer to the trade deadline and teams start to see whether or not they will be trading, will be buyers or they will be sellers. Yeah. We also had the Pacers as like our, we both agreed that that was like a fringe team in the lock scenario, lock situation now, uh, but didn't want to put them in that same tier there in the fourth, the fourth spot. Um, yeah. And then, oh, the, the, what well, we also had our, both of us had the eighth pick as the Hawks. They're in sixth place right now. So they're, uh, they're on pace right now. They, they've been very good. I was been surprised when I looked at their defensive numbers because you don't really think about that when you've got Trey Young, Kevin Herter. The, they're not really the most, the best defenders. But when we talked about it, when I was listening back to the pod, I remember we mentioned the additions to their team in terms of, uh, defensive guards that can help out and take off the defensive load from Trey and Herder in Chris Dunn and Rajon Rondo have clearly paid dividends. They are now eighth in defensive efficiency when they were in the back half of the league last year. While their offenses continue to stay the same, so you see the improvement there. Uh, I mean, they look like a deadly team. Yeah, they, they stand honestly. The standings look about how how we thought they would. Obviously, like the Cavs and Magic are in there. We we didn't think either would be, but. You know, I mean, it's a long season, like cancellations, guys went out with COVID. I, I, you know, I'm, I feel that um, the, the Raptors and he will probably end up in the playoffs. Yeah, no, I, it was crazy to see the uh, the Wizards, like the, the fact that they had like a, a two-week stretch of just not playing. And it, it's crazy, crazy to see. Or it was about like, a, I think it was about a week, week and a half. But it's just, you know, I, I'm curious to see how the NBA kind of adjusts to that of getting those games back and played or – adjusting to i mean there it's not like the wizards are in the playoff scenario or in the playoff picture right now but just making up those games if they are or deciding whether or not it's like win percentage if you played this many games or whatever but as for then we go to the west and our locks for this were just the lakers the clippers the nuggets and the mavericks and right now we are the top three or the lakers clippers and nuggets all are doing what you what you we expected they're the first second and fourth place in the conference meanwhile the mavericks have been very underwhelming they're 10th and they're eight and nine right now and it goes just they're just not as efficient on the offensive end and they like the heat have been dealing with injuries Kristaps porzingis didn't start the year and then key starters have been out like josh richardson maxi kleber i think that's how you say his last name but those guys have been out so it just again just bad luck in terms of efficient like bad luck on the injury side but then you couple it with that's why they're not as efficient on the offensive end meanwhile their defense is pretty much the same i mean they went from the first in offensive efficiency last year to 15th they are 17th in defensive efficiency this year but 19th last year they are 18th in effective field goal percentage and true shooting percentage but fourth last year it's just complete drop-offs on the offensive end. And that's where it really becomes an issue um, when you're not playing stout defense and they're not. And they're obviously because they're mi- in part because they're missing key guys like Josh Richardson, who we thought would be like the guy that would be Clay Thompson to Luka Doncic's Steph Curry. Thoughts? I think, um, I think, I think, I'm not sure, honestly. It's a bit of a wait and see thing for me. I can't really call either way. I still think they'll they'll rebound at this point. I think I think they're way too good. I think Luke is way too good. And I think when they get back these guys, there will be enough of an improvement. I mean like you need dude, the thing is like like Porzingis, Porzingis I could see Porzingis potentially being out of the league in a couple of years, like if he's unable to consistently like play a lot of games and so then you tri- then you get rid of Seth Curry look you you need a lot from Luca you th- I mean that's like ultimately um I guess what it boils down to is like 
can you get the thir- like yeah i mean he's bad averaging a triple double right now that's about what you need from him so mm-hmm. if, if he can do all that like they he would need all that to get into the playoffs so um they're gonna well, need some help yeah well i mean they're, they're what is it they are one game out they're one game out of the six seed at the moment i mean everybody's really close it, 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 there hasn't been enough time to separate but I still give him the benefit of the doubt because of the fact that you're missing, like you get rid of Seth Curry, but the guy that you're bringing in hasn't been playing at all in Josh Richardson. Then you are also missing those complimentary guys. And when Porzingis has been out, was out for the beginning of the year, it just snowballs at the moment. Like in the last 10, they're five and five. So I I don't know. They're just hovering about on average. And it's interesting to look at like some of these, these home and away splits like the Lakers are four and four at home, but 10 and zero away. So <laughs> like, and you look at other teams, say, similar things where it's like, I mean, the Clippers are probably, yeah, the Clippers, as I'm looking at the West standings are the lone team with like, and, and the jazz, I should say they're eight and two and six and two, but everybody else is really not that good at home. I mean, the Warriors are six and four. That's probably the next best team. Everybody else is sub 500 or 500 at home. And on the road, they're above 500, which is interesting. Like, I like I never thought NBA was like that big of a home court advantage during the regular season, but I don't know. I, I think it's definitely something to monitor because I, I wouldn't have expected that. I would have expected it to be flipped. The Lakers would be 10 and 0 at home and maybe four and four on the road because they just decided to take off these road games. Mm. But it is what it is. Um then we look at the West. We had for our picks, uh, you have uh, like for me, my West picks after the four locks we had were the Jazz, the Trailblazers, the Warriors, and the Rockets. Right now, the Jazz I think are the surprise team in the NBA, or not the surprise team, but the just the team that's really uh, I've been impressed with mm-hmm. most. I mean, you look at it, and it's like not that much has like they've become more efficient on the offensive end and the defensive end compared to last year. The same, like the same, they're same, the same team from a shooting perspective. When you look at effective field goal and true shooting percentage and pace, so they're not getting just more shots up, therefore more points, therefore, but they're just getting more rebounds and more rebound opportunities. They're getting about four more offensive rebounds per game, which leads to more opportunities for them to put up more points, and their defense is just much improved on that side. So now they're they're sitting twelve, they're sitting twelve and four and third in the conference and. I don't know. I still don't feel like they're a threat to when I look at these teams as they they still feel like that really good team, but not that elite team that I could see winning the conference. Yeah, definitely. I would have to agree with that. I was going to say, like, maybe they could be the nuggets of last year. You know, they could go to the Western Conference finals or like have a good series in the Eastern semis. But, uh, you know, I mean, uh, I just don't think Donovan Mitchell's that guy. And I, I, yeah, kind of. It's kind of like all the NBA is. It's like, do you have the guy? If not, you're not winning. Yeah, that's where it's like the Bucks had the wow the Bucks the Nuggets had Jokic, and then Murray was also just catching fire. And I yeah, don't know no, if well, if you have those two, it's like on the fringe. Mm-hmm. And uh, and as I look at this Jazz team, it's not like they have the the. Dude, like, like, get, that's the thing, though. Like that's really all the NBA is. Like when you're talking about the Raptors, it's like, bro, they don't have a guy. Like you know what I mean? The Pacers don't have a guy. Mm-hmm. The Celt- like the Celtics, honestly, kind of fumbled the bag and never got a guy, and they're never going to win a title, in my opinion. Um, like with this core, mm-hmm. unless unless Tatum were to take this like fourth leap that everyone thinks, I don't know about that. I mean, we'll see. I'm part of the Jason. I'm part of the Jalen. Well, Jason Tatum truthers. I, I don't think he can be. I don't think he'll be a top five guy, but I think he can get into that upper echelon where maybe Jokic is right now. You need to be a top five guy to win the title. Yeah, probably. Probably. Anyway, anyway well, who are my predictions for the four teams? Here we are. Uh, well, um, you had. I'm getting up right now. Um. You had the Jazz, Warriors, Suns, and Blazers. So we wow. both we that both like fine wine. The only <laughs> difference, I guess, the only difference is that I I knew that I I remember this. I made all my picks like Harden would be gone. You made them like he wouldn't, mm-hmm. and obviously that ended up being good for me. The Suns are pretty good too. The, yeah, the no, looking good. Yeah, that was my regret uh, when I when I look back on it now was not seeing the Suns. I mean, they found their identity. Chris Ball has made. You didn't identity. see the writing on the wall with Harden either. I know. Well, I still. First of all, I'm not holding out hope on the Rock. I mean, I'm not 
given up on the Rockets. I still think they can contend for the eight Dude, seed. They're, yeah, their roster, honestly, it's not that bad. It's kind of no. interesting. You know, there's some interesting guys there. It's like, um, dude, it's like John Wall and fucking Victor Oladipo. playing well and Cousins, and then you still have like Gordon Tucker and whatever. It's kind of a good squad. I agreed. And Steven Silas has shown he's a pretty good coach. I mean – this team is be- pretty much the same on the offensive end, and then they're better on the defensive end. They are sixth in defensive efficiency this year. This is a pretty good defense that that, they, that they've got on that side of the, on in the in Houston. And yeah, when you look at the roster, they have dudes. They have guys, and John Wall has come out and looked really good. Same thing with Boogie. Boogie had I think about twenty eight a couple nights ago. I mean, when you have that, then you have Oladipo on the wing. Christian Wood is looking like a most improved player, like the favorite, I think, when you look at the betting odds for that. Yeah, these guys have – they have dudes, and that's where – I'm not giving out hope on them. And when I made the prediction, yeah, I thought Harden – I thought that they would just strong-arm Harden at this point because he's just being a baby. But he he played himself out of there with so many different things. But I, I still thought they could have gotten pieces that – where you get Victor Oladipo and you bring him in and he can be something for this team. Oh, dude, I contribute. didn't even mention it. I literally didn't even mention him. That's crazy. Has he played yet? Yeah. For them, how's he doing? Uh, he's doing okay. I mean, uh, I haven't watched a shit ton of Rockets games, but when I when you look at the stats... Uh, yeah, you he, said that thing, dude. You said that thing, you're like, Steven Silas looks like a good coach. Oh, oh does he? Yeah, well, when you, look at these, <laughs> when you look at the metrics and the stats, this team has improved. Fair enough. And, fair and enough. when you see how many different pieces they had to brought in, a new system, I'll give, him, I'll give him this, especially, like, given what I saw from what Harden was doing with them, where you have to play him, but he's just a net zero or negative, honestly, because he just yeah. doesn't, he didn't care at all. That's, that's yeah. pretty fair. I, I whiffed, I whiffed on the Suns, disappointed in that. I mean, they, Chris Paul is just, what we talked about when they made the trade, Chris Paul has given them an identity. He's unlocked De- DeAndre Ayton in a sense. And, De- and just the whole team, the team as a whole is very well constructed. Monty Williams is probably a coach of the year candidate along with uh, a few other guys. Yeah, I don't, I, like it's going to be interesting, and even the playing tournament for this for this conference is going to be very, very good. I mean, what, what we there's yeah, of the team we each have the Jazz, the Trailblazers, and the Warriors. You have the Suns. I'd probably think the Suns are the better bet than the Rockets at this point. But even if the Rockets or the Suns aren't in there, or one of the other teams, they will still be playing in the playing tournament most likely, or the playing round, and that should be a great game. I mean, the two like very cal- like very high caliber teams yeah i will say what i was just gonna say is the is the rules for the play in tournament even clear yet like like do you know how many like games within the other is it is it three again do you have to be within three games to like trigger the the playing game or Um, how i think unofficial maybe it might not even be official i i thought it was um no it's just team seven through ten in each conference yeah so it's like the teams with the seventh and eighth highest winning percentage in each conference will each have two opportunities to win one playoff game to earn the playoff spot or to win one game to earn a playoff spot and the teams with the ninth and tenth highest winning percentage in in each conference will have to win two consecutive games to earn a playoff spot yeah which i always like i like that you got to beat them twice but they only have to beat you once like king of the court exactly i honestly didn't think of that that's a great uh uh comparison i will say i am disappointed with the trailblazers when i looked at this team i thought they would be better on the defensive end and they have actually gotten worse or they've gotten pretty much the same which is just below average and now with mccollum out for a while nurkic has been out i mean if this team is they have a dude they have the dude they we were just talking about with the jazz maybe don't have the dude or the raptors or the pacers the trailblazers have that dude but they're still just not i I, when i look at this team if you're not getting it done on the defensive end and if you're not getting stops how are you beating these really good teams that are good on both ends like the clippers like the lakers i don't know and that's i guess the difference the nuggets have two dudes and they have complementary dudes that you can go to me yeah but what wait what's i'm sorry what scene were you referring to when you said how could they beat the lakers the trailblazers oh dude agreed um although ironically willard is one of those guys but let me say this while i maintain that you have to have a top five player there's about 10 guys who could become 
a top five player at a given time. Like Dirk in 2011 wasn't necessarily a top five player, but he became one. Jimmy Butler last year became one. So like Damian Lillard is someone that could easily become one. Um, with that said, he doesn't have the team around him. The team just doesn't work. It's the, there's a reason. There's a reason the McCombs and trade rumors like every freaking year. Um, it, it's just like, dude, you're gonna look back on the Blazers as like, you know, how do I put this? There are a lot of sports teams over the like across sports. They'll be like um, like the Panthers with like Jake Dolan and Steve Smith. You know what I mean? It's just like some team. That was like, oh, yeah, they were solid for like seven years mm-hmm. and they never really did anything. And like the Blazers made the Western Conference Finals once and the Panthers made the Super Bowl once. But they never just, take that next leap and they're never they that just don't have They just don't have it. And it's not necessarily their fault either. But no, agreed. Agreed. And that's where I thought the Robert Covington trade was smart and that he would give them something on the defensive end to lift them up because I thought their weak spot was the wing, the the three spot, the the small forwards, the LeBron James and Kevin Durant just killing them because they didn't, they would throw Mo Harkless or Mario Hazonia to guard these guys and they would just get absolutely torched, rightfully so. But I don't know. It hasn't affected the entire team at the moment. And I mean, you can say Nurkic and McCollum have been out, so that's why, but those guys aren't really stout defenders. I don't know. No, I mean, it, it definitely... Look, they made the additions. It didn't work that well. I've never been the biggest Nurtich fan in the world, and he's having a bad season. Um, you know, it's like, it's like when you're talking about the Blazers and their chances of going deep, and you find yourself saying, "Oh, well, maybe something, something Zach Collins." It's like, dude, okay, so they're not going deep. <laughs> if you could, if you're looking at this, was there a team that you would change? with your with uh, your last four or would you stick with who you got because right now if you look at it, the only team that we don't have that's in the playoff picture or in the rightfully in the playoffs not in the play-in is the Grizzlies who are seven and six and they're in sixth place right above the nugget oh right right above the Suns and Warriors dude honestly first off yes I would but I could see Blazers Grizzlies meeting in yet another play-in I could see, I could see that for sure. But honestly, the 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 four teams. Oh my god, I, chose, I forgot, I forgot about that. That they in addition, in addition to the to the, I guess who are the Givens? The Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, and uh, Mavericks is who we had. <laughs> we had them as locks. Jesus yeah. Christ. Well, I mean, okay, I will give them the benefit of that, the doubt again because of the fact of the COVID stuff, and that's just unforeseen. The same thing with the Heat. We had the Heat as locks, and the Dude, Heat. The Richardson was- trade for Seth Curry was just stupid. Honestly. I, I don't know. I, I think he what he gives them on the defensive end is needed. I didn't think he that could I, th- be true. I think he was less of I think it was a better fit than what he was with the Sixers. If you think about him how he was with the Sixers, I think yeah, it would be a bad fit. But with the THJ, yeah, honestly, like I guess I guess it's not shocking, but like THJ went to Dallas and really became like a like a solid shooter. But like to be fair, you're getting looks off Luca passes versus like creating in New York. So yeah, know. exactly. And but, you don't yeah, you don't have the price tag of seven like you don't get the like, oh, we signed you for seventeen million dollars a year or whatever it was. Like But it's like it's like now THJ is like he was like a forty percent shooter and then like thirty-five from three and now he's like forty-four, thirty-eight. And it's like it's a lot more catch and shoot. It's a lot more like he's just a guy on the team, which is like which is what he should be. He should just be a guy on the team, not yeah. a guy on a team. He can't be um, the he can't be the two, maybe not even the three option on a team. Yeah, he's, a, like, he's a good fourth option. So yeah. the Mavericks, the Mavericks kind of need, depending on how you feel about Porzingis, they would need a second or third option. Yeah, but I think Luca's such a high end one that you can take the like to make the playoffs. I'm not even talking about, I'm not talking about the uh, well, title. This. You can make the playoffs with the team you have right now. Yeah. That's He's, what I'm saying. I'm not losing. I, I wouldn't, I'm not like they they're underperforming at the moment, but I think it's, they get the benefit of the doubt the same way that the heat are. I won't give the benefit of the doubt to the Raptors because the Raptors have just looked underwhelming despite the fact that they aren't really missing anybody. These other two teams have missed are missing a bunch of guys. Hopefully the West has two playoff things. Cause there are 10 teams that I like. Like looking at it now, no, I think they automatically have the four locks, all the teams that we listed, and the Grizzlies. So, because between us, or no, so take out the Rockets and bring in someone else. I think there's, I think there, I want to say there's 10 teams that I like in the West, but I'm, I'm, it might only be, um, be nine. I mean, when I look at it, I definitely can find 10. 
the Lakers, the Jazz, the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Blazers, the Suns, the Warriors, the Mavericks, the Rockets, and the Grizzlies at the moment. Uh, yeah, I might, I might give the Rockets the axe, but that's, that's I fair could see it. I could see it. I, I won't give them that. I, I mean, I could see it, but I, I won't give the Grizzlies that much of an edge over the Rockets, especially given the, the complete team that the Rockets have. And you know what? The John Wall revenge tour has been live. They just uh, killed the, the Wizards last night. He was chirping at Russell Westbrook. It's alive. <laughs> so would you, if like, I mean, will you, would you trade in the Grizzlies at this point to one of your teams of like what you predicted to be in the playoffs, not a play in tournament team, not a top 10 team, but the top eight that you had? What I, well, you know, the funny thing is like, Dude, it was like John. I saw that highlight of like it looks like John Morant like broke his ankle and then he was back in two weeks. Um, he's amazing. So that's obviously like, I mean, Philly PD making a stop at your house. Yeah, they, <laughs> they are. They fully are. Um, <laughs> nah, I think, uh, dude. Yeah, look, Jaws playing great. Um, Grizzlies team. It's like it, it's. They're, they're steps away because, like, Jaron Jackson Jr. is, like, a like a third option. They need to get a second guy. I don't know how they're getting it. Probably not in free agency. It's, like, because Jaron Jackson is a good third option. Like, Dylan Brooks is a good, like, fourth option. And I like Grayson Allen as, like, a fifth option. I honestly do. Mm-hmm. So then it's, like, okay, who's your second option? Or, or, or even who's your first option if John Moran is more of, like, your point guard second option? Um, and so that's sort of what they would need to make that leap to contender. But as far as, like, low playoff seed, yeah, it's certainly possible. Yeah, I, I don't know if I feel confident enough to put them in over the teams I had still with the Rockets still. Oh, they, they, this season? It's, it's hard to call. It's hard to call. It's definitely hard to call. I was interested when I watched the Warriors game, too. How important – like, I know – I knew Draymond was important, but just to see the difference. This team didn't look like they were going to make the playoffs at all before Draymond came back. And when – I were you – did you watch the Knicks-Warriors game? Oh, well, the second Draymond got ejected, Knicks are like on the ropes right now. Second Draymond gets ejected, game completely flips, and the Knicks end up blowing out the Warriors. Well, you know, that's like, like, you remember the like first game of the season, Warriors Nets, and um, with no Draymond, they just get killed. And like Clay is hurt at this point, and it's like, oh man. We're missing another year of Warriors basketball. And we still are missing a year, but it's not that bad anymore. Um, no. Steph Steph has been on fire and it's honestly so much it's the most fun to watch. I gotta say. I'm the biggest I'm as big of a LeBron fan as you could be, but watching Steph is just another level of just fun. It, it is crazy. It's definitely like um it's, it's Steph is way more liable to like get in that mode. Like, like every, every player has like every like star player has that like mode that they get into like for Harden, it's like doing all these crossovers and threes for Durant. It's like hitting crazy shots for Kyrie. It's the handles um, for LeBron. It could be like a variety of things, but for Steph, it's like clearly those just like running all over the floor, hitting crazy shots, doing his thing. Like, yeah, it's always super fun to watch him go off. And it's no coincidence that, that, you know, first off he's, he was dealing with some nagging injuries, but then Draymond is back and then the team has a little something going. And, um, and it's really too bad about the clay thing. It really, it's a shame two years in a row. Um, two years of their prime too. Yeah. Two years and a finals. Um, man, it's tough, but yeah, I I think, I don't think they're done. I think, I think they'll have a chance to be in the conference finals again, whether it be next year or the year after whatever seems like Wiseman is good as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't see them more as like I don't see them more than a first round team that can win a couple of games, maybe even get a four two. The right series. matchup, the right matchup, they make the second round. The right matchup, the I Jazz. Get, they, can, they can beat the Jazz in some game series. I get. I don't know. I don't know. Jazz are playing so well, and I was looking at the. If you look at their wings and how well they shoot the three ball, it's like they could go shot for shot with them. I mean, yeah, not they, Steph, they, not Steph you himself. Would say the same thing. You would say the same thing about the Bucks, who routinely choke in the playoffs when, like, your Kyle Corbers aren't hitting shots. That's how I feel about these regular season teams. Yeah, but I'm not saying they beat the the Lakers. I'm saying beat the Warriors. And like, when you're yeah, like, but you so- would have never said that the that the Bucks would would lose to the Heat in the second round, or that they would lose to the Raptors 
in in the conference. You know what I'm I pro- saying? I, w- I, w- I probably wouldn't have said it about the Raptors, but I think the writing was on the wall with the the Heat. They were yeah. the toughest matchup for them in the regular season. Everybody had thought like Bam versus Bam or Jimmy guarding Giannis could cause serious fits. This is a well-rounded team. I think the writing was on the wall and a bunch of people had picked them to win. I, I wasn't as surprised. I will say the Raptors won. Yes. So yeah, Steph could get hot on the right day. They, I, It'll take a lot because you still have to rely on Kelly Oubre, who's been very shoddy this year. And Wiggins. Wiggins who's- though. He's had his moments. He's definitely had his moments where he's looked like a very good scorer, which is what we were hoping when he would come out of Kansas. But I mean, there's still those times where he kind of disappears. If if the Jazz meet the Warriors in the playoffs, we got to take it straight up for 20 bucks. Fine. <laughs> I'm that confident. I'm that confident that in the, I, in the Jazz, you're going to be watching the Jazz in the playoffs and be like, wait, I put I put 20 bucks on Gobert and Jordan Clarkson. This is a disaster. Don't don't fucking diss my boy Jordan Clarkson, okay? He's your boy. He's your boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my boy. <laughs> um, what is your finals, Matt? What is your finals prediction right now? First, like off the bat, let me just say Lakers, no question. Honestly, mm-hmm. for me, it's Lakers Nets. It's not going to be the the like bravest thing you're you're going to hear anyone say. It's not. You're not going to be. You're not going to be shocked. But it's like. Like I like I've sort of been saying for like this is like all I say with the NBA. And I've been saying it a few times here. You need top five players. Luckily for the Nets and the Lakers, they have four top seven players between them. I think Davis and Harden are like six and seven. Yeah, no, I agree. I was I was saying yeah, I was trying to do the math. Kyrie's definitely out of there. Yeah, he, Ky, but Kyrie's still like top twelve on his day, no question. So mm-hmm. maybe like top fifteen. Yeah, um, I put him more towards fifteen. You got yeah. Well, I don't have the list in my head. No, I know. I'm just thinking. I was just thinking. Oh, whatever. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, but anyway. Um. So, like I said, like ultimately, you need the best players to get there. It's like, dude, that's the best. Like, that's the best player in the West. Th- those are the best two players in the East, in my opinion. Um. And then, like, if you want to talk playoffs, like Kyrie, even if he's not top ten, he becomes top seven in the playoffs. That's true. So and and so, like if if and Harden may drop, but Kyrie comes up. So I, I just I just don't know how you can pick against either of those teams. And even if they do have a letdown, it would be more like the 2011 Heat. I don't see them. Like, could they? Could the Nets implode in the Eastern Conference Finals, a la the Clippers last year? Yes, of course they could. And it would probably be to the Sixers or maybe the Bucks. But um, I think the Sixers would probably be my secondary finals choice but the bucks that's a tough call that's a really tough call i would like them to play each other for the chance to play the nets that would be best case for me just like as a fan i will go lakers and bucks lakers over the bucks um i agree with what you're saying it is about dudes i think that the bucks have the dudes to match up with them i also i just i love the fact that their guy their three top guys can match up well with the the bucks top three guys on a defensive end and they're and at least two out of the three I can say are elite defenders in Giannis and Drew Holiday. And the fact that, yeah, they got, they lost them without Kyrie, but this is, I was reading about the Bucks are implementing a new offense that they're trying to get stuck, that they're trying to get acclimated to with Giannis where he has to change how he's attacking on the offensive end because of the positioning of Brooke Lopez, who is now more in the short porch, like right behind the, um, right behind the block, right below the block. So it gives, it kind of minimizes a little bit of what Giannis can do in the paint. So he's settling more for jump shots around the paint. And I think in the long term, that'll be to his benefit when you play against these teams that create the wall. And that's pretty much what this is fighting against. I mean, yeah, it's, it's the depth part of it. It's the fact that it's the depth part for the Bucks that really I love. And then on the flip side, the Nets, I mean, your big man, DeAndre Jordan, is washed, to say the least. At the moment, they have no depth behind him, no depth Did behind anybody. I literally saw something right before we got on saying something about Andre Drummond buyout Nets. I, I mean, I could definitely see that. It makes sense. I thought that they would, they could try and get a trade partner for, De- for Andre Drummond. I mean, it wouldn't be the Nets because the Nets have no picks and no assets besides Joe Harris at the moment. Um, but I, I thought they like when I heard that they had traded for Jared Allen, I thought that Andre Drummond would be a trade target at the deadline, not like a buyout guy. But you know, if they get him, then uh, then I'm definitely putting him over. 
I would definitely put them over the Bucks at, at the moment. And yeah, I honestly, I put the Sixers on the same tier. At, like all three of those teams, I think will be vying for the conf- for the finals. And those are the three top teams. Yeah, Embiid versus the uh, Embiid and the Sixers versus the Nets, I think would be super interesting in the fact that what do they do with Embiid? I mean, you cannot like he's on a tear this year, and you're telling me you're just putting DeAndre Jordan against him. I, I, it just feels like bad news for set for however long that series lasts. Um, and, unfortunately, unfortunately for Embiid, I'm I'm gonna refuse to give him the benefit of the doubt until the playoffs. Like he it, he could. Do it. He could do it for another fifty games, and I still won't give him the benefit of the doubt. And that's completely valid. It's the same way that you would look at Harden if you were talking about him as the sole purpose of putting the Nets over the top. Where it's like, yeah. unless this guy does it in the playoffs, where he shows that his stamina and he's in good shape, where he can still carry the load there, as opposed to through what, what, however many games we are, seventeen or eighteen games, depending on the team, through this season, what they can do. I, I mean, that's very valid. That's very valid. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't think, I, I think the people that are saying that it's clearly, clearly the Nets are going to win or clearly the Nets are coming out of the East is far-fetched. I think there are definitely two other teams that have the star power. And you, have, you just have to remember that a lot of teams don't click right away. It's mm-hmm. not that easy to just click off the rip. Like, like, you know, the LeBron AD Lakers are a bit of a unique scenario. Um, and, like, like um, the 11 Heat, the the Clippers last year. Another good example, though, of clicking right off the bat, 08 Celtics clicked right away. Yeah, um, and it's also because of, like, you set a hierarchy. You're able to set that. LeBron with AD, LeBron's the smartest guy in the – probably the smartest player in the NBA. He understands his role. He understands when to pick and choose, when to give AD the ball, when to – uh, when to take over. And it's also the big, like we talked about, I think last week or what, I remember we talked about this at one point, but it was the big man to kind of forward working as opposed to two forwards or two guards, like trying to work off of each other. Yeah. And that's where I, f- I find hesitancy with the Nets because of the fact that you have three ball dominant guys, as we've all heard that the fact that they have three ball dominant guys that really don't besides KD have never really shown the ability to work but off I, of it. But I would rather have three ball dominant guys than have none like the Bucks. That's true, I guess. But like, I, I, I mean, from the short time I have seen them, I mean, Middleton can create his own shot. Drew holiday can create his own shot. Giannis can create like not a jumper, but like he can create offense. Giannis can run in fast break and dunk. That, that's where I think this the the change to their offense is going to help him because he's working out these kinks right now of what he needs to do to score and put up numbers. And when you look at his numbers right now, it's been a decline from last year because of the fact that he's still trying to figure it out at the moment. Who is this, Giannis? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, he's not going to be shooting threes, but it's like you have to, you have to conquer the mid-range game or just, yeah, not just not have to be just layups and dunks. But I don't know. Um as right. the, what I was gonna say, I mean, I don't know. Do we have anything else to get to, really? Uh, no. I was just gonna touch on quickly that the like with the Sixers. I mean, do you th- like? I had read about just people talking about like, are the Sixers going to regret not trading for Harden, not giving up Maxi, Thibel, Simmons, and picks for my him? only my only take on this, really? Like, I don't really like need to talk about Simmons. I mean, you either like him or you don't. I, I don't really. I, I like what he could be, but it's like his fifth year in the pros. So how how long can he be in level potential? Um, ultimately, the, my only take on this is that fan bases overrate like a half season of a rookie guard. Do you remember when the Sixers traded Shamit? And everyone's like, "How could you trade Shamit, dude? Shamit is the same freaking guy he was then." You know what I mean? He's not like, he just is what he is. Or like, and I feel the same way about Maxi. If Maxi, and I'm not saying he was, it was probably the picks, but if Maxi is the reason that you're now trading for Harden, like you're, you're stupid. You're spending, it's like that. It's like a take of a person who's like spending all their time on like NBA Twitter and not in reality. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, j- I think like a guy like Maxi, a guy like Shamit, a guy like for the Knicks, Emmanuel quickly, like if we had a chance to get someone great, and the holdup was Emmanuel quickly trade him. Like he looks good right now, but you know what I mean? It's like, um, I think, I think these rookies, like people assume that 
everyone's going to get exponentially better. And it just doesn't happen like that. Yeah, no, some guys are better fit to work in the NBA game right away. I mean, we saw Emmanuel quickly, if you compare him to what RJ Barrett was in his rookie year, Emmanuel quickly looks a lot better in part because Emmanuel quickly has a jump shot. So it's easier to become accustomed when you, when you're able to rely on his jump shot, as opposed to working in the lane where you're going up and banging around a lot bigger bodies than you're due to, than you're used to in college, which is what RJ is still transitioning from and trying to develop a reliable jumper. So I definitely see it from that perspective. And you saw it with Shamit too. Shamit, a reliable shooter, was able to come in and work well. Tyler Hero last year came in and worked well because he's a shooter and he's able to find his spot on the offense without demanding the ball or trying to create offense for himself. So I definitely see it in that perspective. Uh, yeah, I, I'm a big Simmons fan. Um, I think he can be the number one or, or number two option on a championship team. If the team is constructed precisely, I'm not saying he's like you, he's not like you put him on a team and they're instant contenders, just depending on the way that you put the team around him. Like if you put him on the Rockets where, where in the system that Harden was in with D'Antoni, I definitely think that team could very well push for Western conference finals championships um, status with him and, a properly constructed team around him. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things where I'd probably look at them a lot more favorably than I look at the Nets right now in terms of Eastern Con or finals outlook because of the matchup nightmare that Embiid poses because there's no real dominant center in the East at the moment besides him that can match up. I mean, bam, I guess, but I mean, I'm taking I don't, know, I don't know how you could say that, that you could really say that the Sixers are more of a of a finals threat than the Nets. No, I'm saying like, if they I'm saying if they got Harden and you give oh, up the, oh, 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 yeah, sure, if you yeah, got yeah. those if you got those guys and it's Harden, Tobias Harris, Seth Curry, Joel Embiid, I would take I would yeah, feel yeah, more yeah, confident yeah. being like that team's definitely going to the finals over what this Nets team is right now because of the fit and because of the matchup nightmare yeah, that you have. That's pretty fair. Okay, uh, that's going to do it for us on the All Ball Podcast. Um, we'll be back next week previewing the Super Bowl. Two great teams. Can't wait. I'm curious to see what it's like with the stadium and also just these teams. I mean, the, the Chiefs are flying in, I think, the day before. I wonder if that'll be any uh, any difference in the fact that Tampa just stays at home and just goes about business as usual but yeah. uh we'll definitely Tampa, talk about it. first team to play at home in the super bowl if you hadn't heard <laughs> and ryan fitzpatrick went to harvard just fyi <laughs> yeah. if we're throwing out fun facts uh yeah. all right thanks for listening uh we'll see you next week